It's reading from 1 John 1, verses 5 to 10. 1 John 1, 5 to 10. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we've not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word has no place in our lives. Shall we pray? My dear Father, we just thank you for this time together, Lord. Thank you for the way you overrule in what we prepare. And just ask a blessing through these words. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, yes, it's David I'd like to... Um, to talk about to you today. Um, you may remember that God sent uh, Samuel, who was a judge, um, to Jesse and his eight sons um, because they wanted a king to replace Paul. And he surveyed seven of them and thought he'd found what he wanted there. But as each one came up, God overruled and said, no, not that one. And finally, he said to Jesse, don't you have any more sons? So he said, oh, yes, there's, there's that youngster out in the field with the sheep. Um, the inference was that he wouldn't do, couldn't be him. Anyway, they called David in, and God said to Samuel immediately, yes, that's the one. Now, God's explanation to Samuel was that he knew the heart of each of those sons, and there was only one heart that would suit God's purpose, and that was David. Now, David had a lot of good points in his favour, um, and we'll talk about those, um, but of course he had one or two things which were not so bright. Um, he had courage, because you may remember that he fought um, Goliath, who was reckoned by the Bible to be over nine foot tall, and was arrayed in armour from head to toe. He was pretty well untouchable, like a centurion tank. So he had courage to take him on, using a sling and a stone. Now, I went to this valley where this took place, and one thing that it didn't lack was stones. There were stones of all sorts of sizes. There were big ones and medium ones and little ones. So I'm sure David had no problem in bending down and picking up a suitable stone. So he had the armour that he wanted. He had the ammunition that he needed. And with one of those stones, I don't quite know how they did it in those days, whether they whirled it around their heads and then slung it or whether they just slung it, but it struck um, Goliath and killed him, just laid him low, nine foot tall, all his armour, down he went, crash on the ground. So he had courage... And he had faith, uh, because he had faith that God was going to do this and that that stone would do the trick. If it didn't do the trick, 
and Goliath had not really been killed or had just been stunned, I think David would have been dead, no question about it. So he had courage and he had faith. He told Goliath that he came against him in the name of the Lord Almighty and didn't need armour and javelins. His faith was justified when he brought Goliath down with just that single stone. <clears throat> David's obedience and loyalty were shown when he was being hunted by King Saul. And twice he had the chance to kill Saul. I mean, Saul was rather foolish and David was able to creep up on him and do things that indicated that he had, he had been there in the night. But his loyalty to Saul was complete because Saul was God's anointed. So David wouldn't do what he could do and steal the crown. He, he, he was loyal to the last, uh, last match of the day. Um, yeah, that's all I wanted to say about that. He was fond of Saul's son and he demonstrated love there. Um, he was capable of great love and it's shown in the passage from 2 Samuel 1. After Jonathan's death, he said, I grieve for you, Jonathan, my brother. You were very dear to me. Your love for me was wonderful, more wonderful than that of women. David has also a, was also a great musician and psalmist. Perhaps we'll have a look now at um, 2 Samuel 11, 1 to 5. Is that page 300? Yeah. 2 Samuel 11, 1 to 5. <clears throat> In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked round on the roof of the palace. From the roof he saw a woman, a bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, Isn't this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him, and he slept with her. She had purified herself from uncleanness. Then she went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David, saying, I am pregnant. That must have been pretty bad news uh, for David, not what, what he'd uh, expected. So David committed adultery, and Bathsheba became pregnant. Unfortunately, this wasn't the end of the sinning. Uh, to compound matters, David decided to get rid of her husband, Uriah, by, by making sure he was put in the front line of the fighting. He, he sort of engineered this, and this resulted in uh, Uriah being killed. So, at a safe distance, David killed his um, girlfriend's husband. It was, a pretty, uh, it was a pretty despicable sin, really. It was adultery, it was effectively long-distance murder, 
And this was the man who God had chosen. Um, God obviously must have been distraught about this. Um, so, although David thought he'd got away with it and nothing would happen, God sent Nathan the prophet to him and he told him a story about a rich man who had loads and loads of cattle and sheep. And because he had guests coming, he said to a poor man, I want that, that lamb of yours. Now this lamb was obviously treated as a sort of a pet. It was very precious to the family. But nonetheless, the rich man took these, this lamb, had it slaughtered and served for dinner. Um, David was incensed at this story. He was absolutely raging about it, that this should have happened, and this poor man's one lamb should have been taken. Uh, but Nathan told him point blank, you are that man. Now that's how despicable David was, and Nathan didn't mince his words with him. He told him directly that that's, you know, that's what he, he was. Um, and the Lord was angry because by doing this, he'd made the enemies of the Lord show utter contempt. God also said that the son that will be born to Bathsheba will die. So he, although David wasn't going to get, have to lose his life, the son that was born to her, the child that was born to her, was going to die. Uh, David repented of his, of his sins and poured it out in Psalm 51, which begins, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. An acquaintance of mine uh, who, was a, who wrote Christian books and lectured, um, he was a very spiritual man and all his books were most uplifting and they were sold throughout the country. Um, but unfortunately, he had an affair with another woman and it resulted in the, his marriage breaking up. Uh, it was a very sad affair. It, it, it was in this county and it shocked many, many people all across the county and across the country, in effect. It was quite, quite sad, noted about it. I knew one woman who said, I've read his books, I've loved them, but I really can't keep them, and she burnt the lot. So that's how incensed people got. Um, and he, his was the kind of sin that David had committed. When I saw him... I was quite taken aback when it wasn't long afterwards he said I've confessed my sin to the Lord and repented and am now moving on. So it was all over, done with, finished. That was it. And my first reaction was anger but in 1 John 1 it says if we confess our sins he is uh, faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness so I really had no reason to be upset and angry about it if he was truly penitent. Now, I hope he was. I don't know, because after that, he went off elsewhere uh, to other things, and I, I never saw him again, so uh, I don't know. But the point I'm making is that if he was truly penitent, God sees the heart, and he would have forgiven him in the same way that he forgave David. 
so you know I hope and pray that um, that's what happened um, Psalm 103 says as far as the east is from the west so far has he removed our transgressions from us as a father has compassion on his children so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him now I don't know I don't know you very well as a congregation and I don't know your problems. Um, I know my problems. Um, you may be bearing uh, a, a real heavy load, a sin committed long ago, uh, something you did that you, wouldn't have, you wish you hadn't done or didn't do that you should have done. It may be burdening you and may have been doing it for many years, but um, all I would say to you... Um, do take hope from this story of David. Um, do do realise that when you truly repent, when you truly repent, you can and will be forgiven by God. That burden can be taken from you. There is a course called Freedom in Christ. And this underlines this sort of thing, freedom in Christ, and that's really what you can obtain. Romans three twenty two to 24 says, This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. Uh, recently I was at a um, Holy Communion service and the pastor said, uh, let's have a time of quiet so that you can recall what sins you've committed and repent of them. Um, uh, he, said, he said then, uh, ask God if there's anything that you haven't recalled and if there's no answer then there's nothing more to repent of. Now I took that to heart um, and I brought up all that I could think of and then I waited on God for that time of silence and he said nothing. Now, he's spoken to me in many ways at many times but he said nothing and that was the most um, delightful silence that I've ever experienced. I knew that those things which I'd often repented of and still hadn't gone away um, were gone now. They were gone completely in that short time of silence, God said nothing. So it is, it is a wise thing to do, I think, um, to give uh, God the chance to just wipe the sleep slate clean. But you've got, to, you've got to believe that he's done that. And then you can have this freedom in Christ. And that's why I was quite surprised when one of um, Mary's songs this morning had words like, that they seem to match up with this this love of God which gets, sets us free in effect truly sets us free well, I don't think I need to say any more I've made the point I come to make I've used poor old Davis as an example and this friend of mine who probably <laughs> wouldn't like me saying this but he'll never know <laughs> so shall we pray dear Lord we read in Psalm 103 that as far as the east is from the west so far have you removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so you have compassion on those who fear you. 
Thank you, Lord, for your abundant grace. Amen.